Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Great episode and subject matter lined up for you today. We have from ESPN, we have Hembo, who is the production and research and trivia master that works with Mike Greenberg each and every morning. And he worked with Mike Greenberg on a great book out titled Got Your Number. And they discuss some of the great athletes and the numbers that they own. Hembo's up next from ESPN. We're going to talk about him and Greeny's book in just a moment. Hey, this is Darren Hayes. You've probably heard me on the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch. Well, welcome to my journey of learning more about sports history. And we're going to do it by learning about the great athletes and the uniforms that they wore as they both tell a lot about the games that we love and have watched so much throughout most of our lives. These are the chronicles I'm going to share with you on what I've learned through my journey in the Sports Jersey Dispatch. Hello, my friends of sports history. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your portal to all things great in sports history. And we have a great show today. We're going to be talking about some legends of sports in a, an area that we love to talk about through numbers. And we have an author on that has co-authored a book. He is an ESPN personality, uh, Paul Hembakitis. Uh, Hembo is what he refers to with Mike Greenberg, his partner on Get Up every morning on ESPN. Paul, welcome to the Pig Pen. I am happy to be here, and I would like to just offer you a word of congratulations. Uh, very rarely am I introduced, and my last name is nailed as perfectly as you just did. So it's great to be on with you. It's great to talk about this subject matter, and it's obviously something for which you have a lot of passion. So this is going to be a lot of fun. You, know, you guys really have a, a tremendous book. You know, I, I know how my roots came into talking about athletes uh, with their numbers, prim primarily jersey numbers, and that's what many of yours are. Uh, but there's some twists in there we'll talk about in a little bit here. Uh, but how, how did you and Greeny come up with this uh, great idea for a book? So it's like April or May of 2020. We're in like the heart of the pandemic. We, we're here on the no in the Northeast, and so like everything is shut down. No one's doing anything. He frantically gives me a call on a week weekday afternoon saying like, Hambo, I've got an idea for a book. And goes off to so this exasperated rant about this idea that he has, which is, you know, literally the book that you are, you know, that you, just, you just finished reading. And like, I was obviously really intrigued by the by the concept. But like, you know, going from soup to nuts in such a thing is, you know, a huge deal. It's a big undertaking. And, you know, he, he does you know, two, three, four shows on ESPN. So I wasn't 100 percent certain that this is something we could actually get off the ground. But we did. And so we, what we wound up doing was <clears throat> twisting sort of a sort of stable idea into something that we're really, really proud of. So the idea is pretty simple. A hundred chapters, 100 essays, one through 100. We determined who owned every number, one through 100 in the world of sports. Obviously a really fun concept and idea. I think the book kind of majors in two different things. One is obvious, it's sports debate. Who we selected to, to choose each number was something that we did obviously not you know, and through the pages of the book, we did independently on our own, and, and we will steadfastly defend those opinions, even though we disagreed on some candidly, as you might expect. The second part of things is sports history. This is something for which I am just a sucker. I, I'm, a, I'm 32 years old, but I grew up just inhaling sports uh, record books. Um, I, I love sports history as a genre more than I enjoy anything else, whether it be war, whether it be anything. Right? It's just my thing. Sports history is my thing. And so um, though I had the chance now to do a lot of on-air stuff at ESPN, 
research is really where I made my bones of the place. And I would say this book is probably the best representation of my research skill. And in that sense, it's kind of my magnum opus. And when you combine my research with his words, what I think we got here is a, a pretty dang good book that, that people like yourself uh, hopefully will enjoy. Yeah, you definitely did that. You hit a lot of my boxes. I mean, first of all, being sports history, loved it. Sports numbers, loved it. Mm -hmm. And then you made it uh, so that the chapters are, you know, you have 100 chapters, but they're, you know, some are only two or three pages long, easy reading. Uh, you can, this is the kind of book you can pick up and set down after a couple of minutes or sit there and read for hours. You know, I, I love that that concept of it. And you guys took me in so many different directions. Uh, it, it was great. I mean, I, I love that, you know, for, I guess, first of all, we'll just take the elephants in the room. You guys had the numbers, you know, 312, 42, 33, 99. Those are all expect what I expected to see there. But you threw some curveballs at me with, uh, you know, I think you had like four or five golfers in there when we all know hey, golfers don't wear Jersey numbers and they don't have a number on their golf cart or, you know, mm -hmm. their caddy is not wearing a number, you know, these numbers, these are great. And maybe I'll, I'll let you talk to that, how you came up with the numbers for Absolutely. The golfers. For sure. So what you learn when you do this is that like you have, like there's so many recognizable athletes with their Jersey numbers. You mentioned some of them. There were some that didn't require more than one second of debate between the two of us. But when you're writing a book and you're trying to capture sports history, you don't want chapters with random offensive linemen just because they happen to be the only ones that wore them. And you want to be able to encapsulate a wide range of sports, ideally. That's what we did. So I'm looking at a breakdown right now that I created for myself of our 100 chapters. 56 of them are jersey numbers, as you might expect. That comprises the majority of the book. 20 of them are records, right? So think Wilt Chamberlain. The, the number that is most associated with Wilt Chamberlain, in my opinion, is not 13. It's 100, the record for the most points scored in an NBA game. That's where you'll see Wilt Chamberlain in our book. There's 19 others just like that. There are 18 years. If you were born or if you, you grew up in the 70s, you're going to love this, the, the 70s in our book because there are, that's obviously sort of a dead zone when it comes to jersey numbers. But there were some of the most formative years in our history in terms of sports years and the athletes that represented them. So those are 18 more. The remaining six uh, chapters, th there three of them are rivalries, like the number of meetings or the number of matchups, that kind of thing. Two of them are car numbers. So there are two drivers in the book that we felt belonged. And there's one distance. Number 26 is one of my favorite chapters because it's such a creative way to get an Olympian in the book by using the the, the number of miles in a marathon uh, as our hook. Yeah, that that was definitely clever. That, that was probably one of the first curveballs you, you really threw at me when Ooh. I saw that. Uh, the other one, uh, you know, I'm I'm from Northwestern Pennsylvania, so I really appreciate you had four numbers that really jumped out that I I love to see 21 for Roberto Clemente. I, I loved how you took 58 and 59. They both belong to my beloved Steelers, especially the ones I grew up on the Steelers of the 70s with, with those two great linebackers. And then of course Mario Lemieux 66. You know those were uh, you know, great uh, that from Western Pennsylvania to see those numbers. And me and Joe Green's in the book too. <laughs> me and oh, Joe, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, that's right. You're right. You're right. We think. So it was really important to us not just to choose, say, the best athletes at, at each number. We like to think of the book also as something of an organism. And in all honesty, like the Pittsburgh Steelers of the 70s are, for, if not the most influential team and era in the history of football, they're right up there. I mean, they're right up there. And especially that defense, we think all three of those guys were sort of important and vital enough to the sport and its growing popularity to include Clemente is an obvious one. I mean, obviously, 21 is very challenging because Deion Sanders wore it and LaDainian Tomlinson wore it and Tim Duncan wore it. 
But Roberto Clemente's number 21 is someday going to be retired across Major League Baseball, as far as I'm concerned. And that's a decision that is really overdue. And Mario Lemieux, I think you can make a credible argument, is the second greatest hockey player that ever lived. And when you consider what he's meant to that city and to that organization, and the fact that the Penguins still play in Pittsburgh, I think is a testament to his greatness and his uh, ties to the organization. So I'm glad that you, as a fan of all things Pittsburgh sports, really liked the book and found that you were properly represented. Yeah. Now, the other area that I was really pleasantly surprised, and I I, I even learned some things, uh, some uh, some folks I've heard about and didn't know a lot about, that you had some ladies in there with numbers. And uh, I think you have about five or six of those that uh, are tremendously done. I'll let you speak on those. Yeah. So that was another very important thing for us. You can't tell the story of sports history without including a number of women. And so one of the rivalries um, that we think is one of the most powerful ever is the one between Chris Everett and Martina Navratilova, who met in not total, in the finals, in just the finals of tournaments, 60 times. It is an astonishing figure, an astonishing statistic. You think about the greatest rivalries in the history of sports. No one came even close to meeting 60 times. So we felt like they definitely deserved a number because of that. Think about Billie Jean's significance in the 70s. Think about uh, Serena Williams' impact on young girls and, and the sport of tennis and the culture today. Think about Babe Diedrichson. Perhaps like the greatest multi-sport athlete in the history of this country, uh, men or women. So that was definitely another important thing for us. Again, to be able to properly maximize our space by being able to represent sports and eras and gender properly. We're not talking about pandering. We're doing the right thing. Like in, in my opinion, like those decisions weren't to check a box. Those decisions are because those women deserved a place in our collection. And for that, we're exceedingly proud. Yeah. Now, another area that you, I was happy to see you talk about, it's maybe not a sport talked about as much anymore, but it was once one of the most popular sports is the arena of boxing. And you have yes. uh, some great boxers and boxing matchups in there that I'm I'm glad you talked about these legends. So but, like, we're, we're, we, this book's coming out in 2023, right? But there was a time in which and, and a time in which you and, and, and people that consume um, your station and, older, and others and a lot of older um, folks that will buy our book for which boxing was the biggest thing in the world, right? Mm -hmm. So how could you write a book about who owns numbers in sports without including any boxers, without including Muhammad Ali or Rocky, Rocky Marciano or Joe Lewis or, 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 or Frazier? Like, it couldn't possibly be done. So it was important to us to select who, who most belonged, right, of course, and then where, where they could go. In some cases, in the case of Joe Lewis, it's his consecutive title defenses. In the case of Muhammad Ali, it was the most significant year. The same with Frazier. In Rocky Marciano's case, he went 49-0 and 0 for his career. The number 49 is etched in stone when it comes to his legacy. And so in the world of boxing, we felt it was super important to include you know, some of the legends. Obviously, the heavyweight boxing class is, is, is the one that has long carried the most weight in our consciousness. And so to include those people and to talk about like, you know, because obviously, like if you're reading this book now in contemporary times, the sport of boxing is ancillary. But there was a time in American culture where it was so incredibly important, like horse racing. And we've been silly to do a project like this to pretend like this, the, the, you know, the conscience of the country has not evolved over the years in terms of what we cared about and what we didn't. And, and I'm glad you uh, segued us into the horse racing because there is one where there's it's not a person involved. It's a, it's an animal and a uh, great horse racehorse uh, secretariat. That was a great I choice. think this is a really clever way. I mean, look, there's a big argument when Sports Century came out in 2000, like, should, should Secretariat be on the list, right? It's a, it's a horse, for God's sake. But truthfully, Secretariat winning the Belmont in 73 by 30 lengths might well be the most unbreakable record in any sport. It will, it has never even really been approached. It will never, it will definitely never be uh, exceeded. 
And the image of Secretariat being so far ahead of anyone else is one of the most legendary images that's in the history of sport we've ever that we've ever captured, right? And so even though like you would never think about a horse being an athlete or or having owned a number, I guess you could say that uh, you know Secretariat owned the year 1973. But for me, 31 is the most impressive number. That image, that race, that horse. That is exactly where um, I think Secretariat belongs, and it's the only case in which a horse made the list. But it's de- like I was, I, I, I made sure that we uh, gave Secretariat strong consideration for the fact that those three races and that one in particular will endure until the end of time. Yeah, well said. It's a definitely important part of uh, sports history, and I'm glad you included it. Now, somebody that you included multiple times, you have a couple athletes that you did, but none more so than Michael Jordan. I believe I, I he owns three numbers on your book, and maybe you could talk to that fact. The, the yes, this, this is largely a uh, Mike Greenberg influence. As you know, he covered the Chicago Bills in the 90s, and those were sort of some of his formative years, you might say, in the world of sports and, and becoming what he has become. And he draws back on his experience in covering Michael Jordan, even to this day, as you might know if you listen to him on the, on TV or the radio. Number like Who owns number 23 is of no question. Michael Jordan played his, nearly his entire career wearing 23, and everyone wears 23 now because of him, right? That's an easy mm-hmm. one. Well, Michael Jordan scored 63 playoff, uh, points in a playoff game once in the Boston Garden in what might be the greatest performance in the history of the playoffs. Right. That was at a time way before he started winning championships. It was a game after which my, uh, Larry Bird said that was God disguised as Michael Jordan. I mean, you could argue that he had a good, as good a night in the game of basketball as anyone ever did in the playoffs. And so we felt 63 was was a way to sort of pay homage to that performance. And then later on, Greeny's of the opinion that the 93 team, the, the, the year in which they beat Phoenix uh, after the after the dream team in 92, was his best achievement, right? It was, there was the death of his father. There was the fatigue from playing uh, on the dream team and all the things that came with it and how good that Phoenix team was and how incredible he was in that series. And so with how good Michael Jordan was in 1993, if you're a fan of Chicago, if you're a fan of Michael Jordan, this book has Michael Jordan sprinkled all throughout. And I think we did a pretty good job of kind of diversifying why he belongs in each of those spaces, but we feel pretty good about it. I definitely agree with what you did there. And uh, another uh, athlete, uh, I guess I wasn't expecting to see. I, when I said the, the, earlier that it was the first curveball, I, I take that back because hmm. number 18, you threw me a curveball. You got me into rhythm. Okay. We had the Tom Brady's. We had Babe Ruth. We're, you know, we're knocking jersey numbers. We get the 18. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to see a blue horseshoe helmet coming up here. And you got me on that one. It was somebody different. So this was one for which we obviously debated quite a bit. I would argue that Jack Nicholas and Jack Nicholas winning 18 majors is something uh, more enduring and more associated than even Peyton Manning wearing the number 18. Now, you can't go wrong with either. That is obvious. But the reason Jack's number 18, in my opinion, is so incredibly enduring is like just think about how great Tiger Woods was for such a for that decade, especially like just the greatest athlete you could have ever imagined as a accomplished more in the game of golf in that span of time than anyone ever. Tiger Woods is still three shot of Jack on that leaderboard. And he was stuck at 14 for the longest time, right? He obviously won the Masters a few years ago to get to 15. But that, to me, is the, the greatness of Jack Nicholas. Well, first of all, he had 19 runner-ups, which might even be more impressive. But when it comes to the 18, Tiger Woods, at the peak of his powers, the greatest we've ever seen, like the, the, the standard by which golfers were compared for the entirety of his prime, you know, only within three majors – of Jack Nicholas. I think that that's based upon like, just, we'll never see an athlete more dominant than Tiger. The fact that he was only able to get to 15 is a testament to how incredible the number 18 is. We do find a way to work Peyton Manning into the book later, 
But in our, uh, as far as we're concerned, Jack Nicholas owns number 18. Absolutely. And I guess, uh, you know, probably, and I guess we'll close on this one, because I think the most important one, and one of my favorites that you did in this was the tribute to Jesse Owens uh, with that number of 36. And uh, if you could talk to that. Of course, Um, that chapter, like, as you might read, it will bring chills down your spine, candidly. Um, Jesse Owens was it is one of the greatest athletes our country has ever produced. Everyone knows about his legendary day at the uh, at the Big Ten Championships when he like broke like five world records in the span of 30 minutes. That's, you know, uh, obviously the stuff of legend. But what he did in Germany in 1936 um, at sort of the uh, height or peak of Hitler's rise to power um, with the world in flux the way that it was to dominate those Olympics, to win those gold medals, to, to win more gold medals in those Olympic games than anyone else. And to do it um, under that umbrella is genuinely one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of any sport. Um, I mean, if he had done all of those things in a context neutral environment, it would be incredible. And he probably deserve a spot in the book, but to do it with that kind of pressure under that kind of hatred and that kind of environment is truly an astonishing thing. And you're going to learn things about Jesse Owens in, in, in that chapter that you probably don't know. Thing, like that's the thing. Like I'm a sports historian, like you are. If there was something I didn't know or thought was fun, I added it to the book. Right? These are the, like I, I I wrote this book for people like me, and you're someone that's like me. And if you're consuming this podcast, you're probably like us too. So th- like that that's one of the chapters where you might read it once and read it again because there's a lot more than just the numbers and the stats of the information that will hit you. There's a lot of power in his story, and perhaps more than any other chapter in the book, I think it will really resonate with readers. Well, well, definitely well said. Well, why don't we take this opportunity? Why don't you go ahead? Let's give us the title of the book and where folks can get a copy of it. Of course. The book is called Got Your Number. Um, it is written by Mike Greenberg. I am listed beneath his uh, name as Paul Hembo Hembakitis. I researched the book and am considered its co-author. Um, you can find it anywhere you buy books. It's called Got Your Number. It'll be out on Tuesday, April 4th. You can pre-order it now. Uh, we're doing a signing here locally on uh, over the weekend in New Jersey and hoping that a lot of people come out and enjoy doing a little Q&A session with us. But in terms of buying the book, it's called Got Your Number, anywhere you buy books. And if you're a sports fan, I can assure you that you'll love it. And I can assure you, as the one who supplied all that information, that you'll learn something about every single person from 1 to 100. Well, Hembo, we really appreciate the time uh, that you shared with us today talking about the book. We appreciate you and Greeny writing the book and uh, having us for us to share with future generations uh, to learn about sports history and we applaud you for that so thank you sir you're a good man this penalty kill is almost over i got to get back out on the ice but thanks again for joining us for another great edition of sports jersey dispatch podcast we'll see you tomorrow we invite you to check out our websites jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com not only see the daily sports history but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games find us on pigskin dispatch is also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel. Get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. 
Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.